Blog Talk Radio. Oh, <laughs> 
Good evening, good evening, and welcome back to Blessings by Grace Radio, presents Learners Lounge Thursday with the Honorable Dr. Bishop out for more. Tonight, tonight, tonight is our weekly food for the Soul Bible Learners Lounge. So tonight is a Thursday, June 16th, 2022, and we are so elated to be yet again back with you. This has been a time, a time, a time, and we are elated to be back. Tonight, it is 8.06 p.m. You just heard a song by one of the gospel greats, Leandria Johnson. It is called Better Days Are Coming. She is a gospel great, and we love her music here at the station. That is a beautiful song. The song just represents that better day will and can be coming in your life. That is what that represents. Now, of course, we're grateful to have you back. We've not been on here for several weeks, but we are grateful to be back tonight. And next week we'll be on and going forward, we'll continue to be on to the best of our abilities. We are just grateful to be back on into the studio to bring you guys what best a say of the Lord. And now it is time for Inspiration Thursday. And tonight I wanted to talk about Romans chapter 14, verse 5, what that verse means. The verse itself says from the King James Version, one man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, what does that actually mean, that verse? Well, in Romans 14, Paul dealt with issues of disputable matters between Christians. This is in the earlier church days. This is when the New Testament was just being formed. This is when the, the early Christian days. Now, these are issues where the Bible does not give distinct, obvious guidance at the point. Remember, when you read the Bible, it gives parables. So we have to seek guidance from our pastors, our bishops and ministers, our councils, um, and we have to pray to God to give us the understanding of the Bible. Now, in this, what Paul was working or thinking about when he was talking from this particular chapter in Scripture, they were talking about immorality, idolatry, for instance. These are clearly condemned. In contrast, however, there are issues such as an example that was given by Paul, like, for instance, the freedom to eat meat versus abstaining from it for religious reasons. Now, Paul did introduce another example, which was the observance of special days as a point of a disagreement between Christians. Now, previously, Paul had commanded people on both sides of these opinions not to judge each other. It is also truly important to note that Paul did describe those who felt bound by stricter than scripture religious requirements as having a weaker faith. They were not yet convinced that God's grace in Christ had completely freed them from following the law. Still, both groups were to fully welcome the other. Now, Paul did try to apply the same teaching to the observance of different religious holidays. Some Bible teachers suggest that the Roman Christians were still following cultural religious ideas, which indeed a belief that some days were lucky while others were not. And it is more likely, however, that Paul was thinking about Jewish feast days as well as the Sabbath days. Elsewhere, Paul condemned the Christians in the chapters like Galatians for continuing to observe days and months and seasons and years. Now, that statement comes out of Galatians chapter 4, verses 10. In any case, Paul seems to feel that Galatians were trusting their religious rule-keeping to save them instead of trusting God's grace through faith in Christ. With the Roman Christians, however, Paul simply told them to be fully convinced in their own minds about whether to observe special days or not. Apparently, 
they were not as trusting in the observance of these days to save themselves. As the following verse will show, some Roman believers may have been keeping these days to voluntarily honor God. So just to sum it up, that's basically what Romans chapter 14 and verse 5 was pretty much talking about. Paul just was basically letting the uh, Roman Christians know about keeping certain holidays. Like, for instance, right now, a lot of these holidays that had a religious meaning way back in the Old Testament and the very beginning of the New Testament are now paganistic. When you say, well, what does paganistic mean? That means that it's all commercial now. Like Resurrection Sunday, every corner in these bigger cities, they have Easter baskets for kids. Don't get me wrong. That's nice, but that's not the real reason of the holiday. Uh, when you talk about Christmas, that's supposed to originally have been the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, can we guarantee he was born on Christmas? Absolutely not. We don't have any real, real minute date. The Bible doesn't specify a specific date. But because that's the date that we celebrate, December 25th, we celebrate his birth. Here's the issue. When it comes to Christmas, yes. Across America, we all give presents to our children. In my house, we give presents because the wise men and the kings, they all came and gave Jesus a gift. But we don't do Christmas trees, Christmas lights, and all that extra stuff because that's paganistic portion. That's really not the adequacy. And there's a total ton of other holidays that started off religious like Good Friday, and then people turned them into something totally different. Like Halloween at one point was All Saints Eve where you would represent God but then they turned it into wearing costumes, scaring people, giving candy that could be poisonous to children. So when I say that, Paul was just saying how people were taking these holidays and really making them to be more than what they were meant to be in their religious standpoint. I thank you for listening to me with Inspiration Thursday. And if you found any of this interesting, get out your Bible and you too can research that most of my commentary comes from either Schofield Matthew Henry's commentary. I use their online sources, so I find a lot of my stuff there. And of course, the King James Version Bible is the Bible that at my church we read. You might read any other version, but hey, if you're reading the Bible, God will give you the understanding as to what the Bible is supposed to mean. He will let you know when you read it. I thank you for listening to Inspiration Thursday. And now it is time for the reason we're on tonight, the Doctor of the Hour, he is going to break down the Word of God to us. So please get out a pen, a paper, your Bible, and let's get ready to learn. God bless everyone. God bless you in Radio Land. Thank God for this day. It's the day the Lord has made, and I'm certainly glad is to rejoice therein. We thank God, amen, for being able to return back. Amen to this blessed hour, amen, to share the word of God with you. We've been, it's been over 11 years, amen. We've been on Blog Talk Radio, and God has truly blessed us and still is blessing us. Of course, we're getting older, and sometimes we don't feel as well as we should, but thank God for it all. We're coming tonight, amen, is to bring you the word of God. Thank the Lord, amen, for the inspiration word. Um, man from Sister Kitasha tonight, I pray it's a blessing to your ears tonight. Let me, amen, get right into the word of God because that's what we're here for tonight. 
And I'm going to call your attention, amen, to the book of St. John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 9, and St. Mark, the ninth chapter, uh, verse 42 through 48. Thank you for praying for Dr. Moore tonight, amen, that I have been battling with pneumonia, but God has given me the strength to overcome, and I just want to say thank you, everyone, that considered, amen, me in your prayers. I also, amen, shall continue to pray for you. St. John, the 14th chapter, verse 1 through 9, amen, put on your spiritual ears and let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church tonight. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mentions. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you have known me, you shall have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and, ye, and yet ye have, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that has seen me, has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Quick it up in 9 and to 42 and 48 says, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believeth in me, it is better for him that a millstone was hung about his neck, and he were cast it into the sea. And if Thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life main than having two hands to go into hell, into fire, than never, that never shall be quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter half into life, then have two feet to be cast into hell, into fire, that never shall be quenched. For their worm die not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out, it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye 
than have two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worms die not, and the fire never quench. We want to talk to you tonight about letting not your heart be troubled. And in this dispensation of time that we're living in, I can hear the words of Jesus echoing to us today when this was written. Man's heart is troubled. But as we see man's heart is troubled because of the condition of life and what we are a man facing to come upon life, Jesus made it very plain to us. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would not have told you, but I go away to I go away to prepare a place for you. He would let his disciples know, amen, at that time, as he was walking here upon earth with them, and their understanding was not open unto spiritual things, he would let them know that there was a better way. And this way that they were facing, and the things, amen, that they were facing at the time that they were living, he says, I've gone away prepare a place better than this, better than the world that you are living in today. And if I go and prepare a place for you, he says, I will come again. Now, amen, those words are just as real and just as rich as it was, amen, 2,000 years ago when he was speaking to his disciples because, amen, Jesus' word never dies, and he's still constantly speaking unto us today. And my subject tonight would be man's final destination. Where are you, where are you going to spend your final destination at? Now, during the ministry of Jesus, Jesus dealt unmistakable with the reality of heaven and hell. He gave a solemn warning of being cast into hell while speaking of comfort to his followers of the reality of heaven. Jesus did not shun a man, uh, his words when he was talking about heaven, no hell. And neither, amen, uh, do I think, amen, we should shun it or try to make it more easy upon people today. I believe, amen, we should tell mankind everywhere, just as Jesus told them, your final destination, amen, is going to be heaven or it's going to be hell, but it's left up to you. It is left up to you, amen, that you are going to one of those places. You are going to heaven or you are going to hell. It doesn't make any difference, amen, what race, creed, color, amen, we are. These are the words of the master of the universe that created all things. And many people don't believe that, amen, but if you really know who Jesus really is, Jesus is the only somebody that knows what he's talking about. He made us. 
and he created us. And he gave us a destiny. In Psalms, the ninth chapter, and the 17th verse, it reads and says, The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God, the wicked, Bring it on back, amen, up to the time that we're living in. Now, what are we living in? Are we living really in a Christian world? We're living in a wicked world, a wicked world. From the president on down, amen, to the last and least somebody up on earth, we're living in a wicked world. The wicked shall be turned into hell. That's what we're headed to right now. And the nations that forget God, the nations have forgotten God. Look at, amen, what we are facing upon the variety of the land today. How many disasters are coming up on the land? One after another one that, amen, we didn't even think that we would, amen, uh, 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 have to experience But one thing after another I don't have to repeat them You look at the news every day But the nations have forgot God We cannot help Amen For the see these Disasters and climate that come up on the earth Amen Because they have forgotten God but when you forget God, you're going to pay for it. You're not too great. Your mind is not too brilliant. Amen. That you can thank God. Remember, God is your creator. You are not God's creator. So you can't thank him. Uh, if I go away to prayer place for you, I will come again and I will receive you under myself. Now, the Lord has told you, amen. That if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And he is coming back. And he's coming back every day after somebody. But amen, he was talking to his disciple when he said, I will come back. I will come back, amen, after you that has obeyed me, you that has worshipped me, you that honor me day by day, hour by I will come back at you. I'm not coming back at the wicked. There will be no sin entering into heaven. God is not going to take sinners into heaven. When Jesus was speaking this, he was on earth, and he was letting his disciples know, amen, in order for you to get into heaven, you got to get it right down here on earth. Get it right with me down here on earth. He said, I will receive you, that where I am, there ye may be also. And that stimulation in that you may be also, because he knew everybody was not going to believe in him. And he knew man hard was going to go on and be troubled because of their disobedience. One of his disciples, amen, looked and referred to him and says, and whether I go, you know. And the way you know. That's what Jesus said. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not 
whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Thomas was me, a doubting Thomas, a doubting believer. As we have so many today, we have doubting believers. They don't believe the full word of the Lord. They want to believe, amen, but there is doubt. Unbelief is in their mind. Throwing their spirit from accepting, amen, the full knowledge of the Lord. Doubt. If you ask the Lord something in faith, amen, you cannot doubt. You can't be like a wave, amen, out on the sea when you ask the Lord for something. But you've got to have foreign faith, believing, solid, amen, that the Lord is going to give you whatsoever you ask them for. You can't doubt him. You've got to believe him. Thomas, amen. we got many Thomases, amen, in our society today. They doubt in Jesus. Yes, I remember the scripture, amen, when Thomas was not there. They had told Jesus, told Thomas, amen, Jesus had risen from the dead. But Thomas, the only thing Thomas could put in his mind at that time, the way that they had humiliated Jesus, the way they had beaten him, and the struggle, amen, that he struggled up, God got healed, and they pierced him in his eye. Thomas says, it ain't no way in the world that Jesus is alive. And Jesus told Thomas, said, Thomas, come here. Put your hand into my hand. Put your hand into my side. And then Thomas' eyes began to come open. He said, my Lord and my God. Your risen Savior has risen from the dead. As he says on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Man, final destination. Where are you going to spend your final destination at? And Jesus said unto him, they want to know, amen, well, what, what, uh, amen. Uh, Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Now, amen, there is not but one way. I don't care who come up with it and how they try to explain it, amen. Uh, uh, let every man be alive, but let God be the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. It ain't no lot of ways. It ain't but one way. And Jesus is that way, came all the way out of heaven, paid the price for our sin, that we can have a right to the tree. I like Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. No other God, no other man, no other religion is the way. Jesus is the only way that you can get into heaven. And there is not but two places to go, heaven or hell. Old lady, man, used to say, amen, in a church I used to go to, she said, pick your choice. Enough up to you now. Pick your choice. It's heaven or hell. Pick your choice. As we see Jesus say, I am the way, I am the truth. There is not but one truth. Somebody say, amen. Well, amen. What is truth? Jesus is truth. Jesus is not merely, amen, he, he didn't come, amen, merely as a man, amen, but he is God, amen, manifested in the flesh. Jesus is truth. 
If anybody know what they're talking about, you can depend upon Jesus because, amen, Jesus is truth. He is the creator of everything that exists in this world. So, amen, you can depend upon Jesus. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Now, you can't get to God if you're going to bypass Jesus because, amen, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, not as, but the Word was God. You can't get to God, amen, if you're going to try to bypass Jesus. Jesus is God. In St. John, amen, 5, the fifth chapter, amen, he said, I come in my Father's name. What name did Jesus come in? Amen, he come in the name, amen, Jesus. Well, if Jesus come in his Father's name, what did his Father name? His Father actually had to be named Jesus. I come in my Father's name. He said, but you don't believe that. You don't receive me. Because you're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the outer appearance. You're looking at the flesh. You don't see me in the spirit. God is a spirit. You've got to see him in the spirit. You've got to go beyond the flesh that Jesus was in in order to see God. If you have known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. But, amen, you don't want to really believe it. You don't, amen, if you, you don't see him and you know him, you look at his work every day. You look at the Father's work every day. But you don't want to believe it. Philip, amen, was another slow one to believe. He was slow to believe in the word of God. As many of us today, amen, we're slow to believe in the word of God. We believe. Help our unbelief, amen. We need to ask God to help our unbelief in the time that we are living, amen, today, when mockery is up on the word of God practically everywhere. We need to help, and we need to ask God to help our unbelief. So people won't make you doubt the word of God. They won't make amen. You think amen, God's word is not what it really is or what it really means. Help our unbelief. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Now, amen. Jesus is walking with them, showing miracles. That amen. They knew that no man could work amen but a God. He done showed them all kind of miracles. But Philip still was slow to believe. Show us the Father, and it will suffice us. And Jesus Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you? And I can hear Jesus saying that today, amen. Have I been so long a time with you, and you still looking for the Father? Didn't I hear you? Didn't I keep you out of prison? Or was not I with you when you was in prison? Did not I bring you off the street? Have I been so long a time with you, and yet you don't know me? 
I look at this today. Jesus is with us in the turmoil that we are going through now and the trouble that we are going through. He said, oh, I'll be with you even to the end of the world. But amen. Have I been so long time with you and yet you don't know me? Philip, he that seen me, he has seen the Father. Ain't no need you looking no further for nobody else, amen. Ain't no need you looking, amen, if you get to heaven. Is to go to heaven, amen, and find another person, amen. Jesus was the only person in the Godhead. All the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus Christ. He began to go on and let us know, amen, man's final destination. Think on it. Young people, middle-aged people, old people, the Lord has put us here on earth for just a time. No matter, amen, how we try to use this time, we're only here for our time. And after that time, amen, we're going to be like a, amen, uh, 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 a, the green grass. We'll be, be beautiful for a minute, amen, and when the heat come up, it's going to, amen, scotch us and we're going to leave here. We're not here to stay, but you better make up your mind, amen, to do what you know would get you into heaven today. Today, amen, the day that you hear my voice, I can hear Jesus saying, heart, not your heart. It has been, amen, wisely observed that a journey of a mile began with one step, a journey of a thousand miles, it began with one step. You better make one step today toward Jesus. We are on a journey. Every one of us that is created today, every one of us, amen, that is walking around here, we are on a journey. And it starts off with one step. Each step, amen, that an individual takes moves him, amen, near his eternal goal. What goal do you have? What is your aim today? Your aim, amen, to stay in this world? According to Peter, amen, this world is going to burn up. This is a temporary thing, amen, that we are living in. What is your goal? Me and my life is aptly called a journey. We are on a journey. And you better, amen, make sure. As you being on this journey, it is pleasing unto Jesus, which way you are walking, what you are doing. We are on a journey. Particularly, every journey has a predetermined destination. Even on an afternoon. Preferring Riding, we intend to end our journey back at home. Sometimes, amen, you know, we say we're going out for just a little pleasure. We're just going riding, catch some fresh air, take the family out, or take the wife out. We're on a journey. 
and we intend to end up back home, but sometimes we never meet that destination. We never meet going back to our earthly home. Some kind of tragedy hits us. But we went out, amen, just to be on this journey. However, men's journey through life is difficult. It ain't easy, man, journeying through life. It's difficult. But, amen, if you want to make it to heaven, you're going to have to do some adjustment. Adjustment with your life. At birth, the date of embarkment, there is no predetermination. Parents desire that their children choose the right path that will lead them into everlasting. When we have children, we have great hope and expectation for our children. As I'm talking now, it's in the time of graduation, amen, at, at a lot of schools. Parents are struggling to bring their children to this time, and they're expecting great things out of them. But there is a final destination of mankind. As you travel in this journey, what decision are you making? Have you forgotten God? Have you forgotten your Sunday school upbringing? You don't got among peoples of the city. You were all right when you were out in the country, but now you don't got among people of the city, and you want to do the thing, amen, that people of the city have done, and they are not of God. There are many virus variety, amen, that enters into one final destination. Man is a free moral agent. He's independent. Man is free. He's a free moral agent. He is, amen, he's able to make his own decisions. Thank God for that freedom. The purpose, amen, uh, amen, is letting us know, amen, that we got the rights, amen, in our time to make our own decision. Nobody, amen, can make a decision for you. God gave you a mind. He gave you a brain. And amen, and he gave you, amen, a, 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 a thoughts, amen, that you can think for yourself. You don't have to go along with the world. Matter of fact, the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. God says, they may come out from the world and be ye separated. you got a found destination that you're meeting here, praise the Lord. Deuteronomy, amen, 30 and 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, 
blessing and cursing. Now, what one are you going to take? Life and death, blessing and cursing. I don't call this day. I have called heaven and earth to recall this day against you. You got no way to escape, amen, because if you're living on earth, it's recorded, and if you were in heaven, it's recorded. I have said, amen, before uh, you life and death. Amen. God said you can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose blessing or you can choose the cursing. That's Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Which one are you going to choose? On your traveling today, what road are you going to travel? Travel the road of life or are you going to travel the road of death? Traveling the road of death, amen, is done the things of the world. And traveling the road, amen, of life is following Jesus Christ. Too many people, amen. Hell is nothing, amen, more than a, a slang word today. Oh, are you going to hell? That's just a slang word to people. Other view hell as being and a situation of extremely trial. Oh, I'm just going through something. It is very difficult, but I'm just going, we use the word, I'm just going through hell. But I want to tell you, amen, hell is more than this. For every one time that the Bible, amen, mentioned heaven, it speaks of hell ten times. The Lord don't want you to go to hell. And remember, you are a free moral agent. If you go to hell, if you decide you don't want to follow Jesus, you made the choice. God didn't make the choice. God don't send nobody to hell. Although many will go there to this place of tormenting. Hell is a place of tormenting. Yeah, it's hurt. You suffered in hell. It was not originally intended to be so. In Matthew, they man 25 and 41. Hell was not intended to be for man. God didn't make hell for man. But he made it, amen, for the devil that rebelled against him and his angels that, amen, was cast out of heaven. That's what God made hell for. It was a state, amen, that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's amen. But, amen, hell will enlarge itself. There is room for more than, amen, the devil and his angels. There is room for every disobedient, lying, hypocrite, don't want to serve God, honor the Lord. Hell is making room for you right now. But Dr. Moore is trying to tell you right now, Jesus says, you don't have to go to that place. They can call you religious fanatics, and they can call you half crazy if they want to. But Jesus saying you don't have to go to that place. The scripture, amen, confirmed two basic facts about hell. It is a place of torment, and it 
has no ending. Do you want to go to a place, amen, of just constantly tormenting and it has no ending? Aren't you having enough trouble around here on earth? A place of torment. Luke chapter 16, give us, amen, the account of a certain rich man who died and went to hell. He died. You're going to die. I'm going to die. It is appointed unto man to die. There ain't no need of trying to shine death. We all going to die. I don't care, man, what kind of medicine be invented, how much exercise you take. There are coming a time, amen, death's going to invade all of our lives. This rich man died in verse 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. In hell, he was conscious. When you go to hell, you're going to be conscious. He lifted up his eyes in hell, and he knew he was in hell. He lifted up his eyes. What a, a dreadful thing when you leave this world. And amen. When you come to yourself, you find yourself in hell, you know that there is no escape. You know you don't miss the very choice of life. He lifted up, he was a rich man, he was a rich man, meaning, amen, he didn't have very much time for Jesus. All he was doing, amen, was uh, uh, dealing with his wealth and his accumulation that, amen, God had blessed him with. And he didn't have much time for Jesus, not realizing, amen, that death was knocking on his door every day. Every day death is knocking on your door. I don't care whether you one to a hundred. Death is knocking on your door. Something is eating you up every hour that you breathe. It's just a matter of time, amen, for it completely devour you. He says, amen, I am tormented in this flame. He was referring to hell as a place of torment. See Luke 16, 24 and 28. Luke 16, 24 and 28. Hell is truly a place of extreme anger and anguish. It's rough in hell. Ain't no pleasure down in hell. Like the children used to say, well, my friend going to be with me now. No, it's going to be isolated. Your friend ain't going to have no dealing with you down in hell. There is not going to be no socialism down in hell. Jesus referred to the damnation of hell in Matthew 23 and 33 as a place of everlasting punishment. Now, who would know any better than Jesus? Nobody would know, amen, no better than Jesus, amen, what hell is like. And he says, amen, amen, in Matthew 23, 33, as a place of everlasting punishment. Do you want to be punished forever and ever and ever? Matthew, amen, 25 and 46, he called hell a punisher fire. 
in Matthews. It's a furnace of fire. You know what fire do? Fire burns you. And that fire is never going to go out. That fire does not quench. And men and women is going to be in that fire. Matthew, amen, 13 and 42. And in Psalms, amen, 18 and 5, David mentioned, amen, the sorrow of hell. It's bad when you go to hell. But it's your choice. It is your choice, young people. That's your choice. You can look, amen, at these old preachers, amen, and these old women and old men. You say, well, you don't serve your time on earth, amen. No, it's your choice. You're going to die. You may not make it to the age of some of them old men and old women that you're talking about. But where are you going to spend your destination at? What what, what you going to do when death gets a hold of you? You ain't going to do nothing because, amen, that's your last hour or your last journey that you will take upon the face of this earth. The scripture, amen, go and said that David mentioned, amen, the sorrow of hell. In verse of scripture, amen, he magnified the intense suffering that will be in the hallmark of hell. It's going to be an intense suffering, a constant suffering. You don't want to go there. But you, you, you're being duped. You're being deceived. A nation that forget God, amen, is going to hell. A nation that forget God is going to hell. And amen, I have a whole nation that we're living in, America, America, has just about forgotten God. Don't bring up God to me. We don't want to hear about no God. How cruel and angry this is. But you're going to die. Your money can't save you. Your nice home and your nice car can't save you. We're in a time, amen, we're living in now. It's prosperity to prosperity. Amen, prosperity. Don't you see, amen, the world is coming to an end? One of the most tormenting aspects, amen, of hell is the fact that one will be eternally linked with all the wicked and the vile people who have never lived, who has ever lived. Amen. In, in, in hell, is going to be all kind of people in hell. Somebody, amen, uh, told me, amen, that they don't understand why Sometimes uh, children, they put them in prison. Say, why don't they put them in there with the murders and the rapers and all the old disgusting things? They didn't do a, a crime that vicious. Well, in hell, you're going to be among all of them kind of peoples. The very method of arriving in hell, it denotes a place of Punishment in Matthew five twenty nine and Matthew eighteen and nine states that 
the wicked will be cast into hell. Listen at the words of Jesus. The wicked will be cast into hell. Don't jump on the preacher, amen, because the preacher telling you about hell. The preacher trying to, amen, bring you out of that fire. The wicked will be cast into hell. Fear him which after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Luke 12 and 5. Don't fear him that can destroy the old body, but fear him that can destroy both soul and body. And that is Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives us life, and the Lord is the one. Amen. Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Amen. Don't fear him that can just destroy the body. Peter wrote, amen, in the second epistle that the angels that sinned were cast into hell and delivered unto chains of darkness. Second Peter, amen, two and four. The angels, God don't spare nobody. The angels that sinned, they were cast into hell. They were cast into hell and delivered into chains. Amen. They will never get back into heaven. They are bounded in the bottomless pit. Cast amen into hell. All the anger and anguish known to man will have the consummation in hell. An eternal place of torment. That's an eternal place of torment. Children, I'm trying to tell you, it's better to suffer on this side than, amen, to suffer on this side and then go to hell and suffer some more. But the suffering on this side will not be compared to that, amen, to one that goes and then denied and forgotten God. It's an everlasting torment. The same thing, amen, that maketh heaven such a joyful hope also maketh hell a place of fearful and dread. They are both everlasting estate. Hell is not described as a place where wicked mankind is consumed by flame, but a place where the wicked are eternally torment. It don't say, man, that you're going to hell and you're going to be burned up. It didn't say that. It said, but it's a place, amen, where the wicked are eternally tormented forever and ever and ever. What would you change forever and ever and ever? Eternal life or damnation of life? Jesus letting his disciples know, let not your heart be troubled. Ever what dispensation of time you're living in right now, put your hope and faith in Jesus. Because you're on a journey, and your journey going to end, but you will make the final decision of where you will spend it at. Who among us should dwell with the divine fire? Who, who among us is able is to dwell with that fire? There is nobody on earth is able to dwell with that divine fire. Amen. That the Lord has place for mankind to go. The conquerors of men, 
that has transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die. Your worm ain't gonna die. You gonna, amen, feel that fire. You gonna feel that torment. Man found destination. Where are you gonna spend eternity? Neither shall there be, neither shall their fire be quenched. Isaiah 66 and 24. Your fire is not going to be quenched. It's not going to go out. You're going to always feel, amen, that suffering, that agony. But you did it. Nobody did it but you. The fire of hell, amen, will never go out. Jesus permitted the burning up of the chest with the unquenchable fire in Matthew 3 and 12. He spoke of everlasting fire in Matthew 18 and 8. And in Matthew 25, 41. In Mark 9, 43, Jesus referred to the fire as never shall be quenched. Beloved, this is Dr. Moore saying to you tonight, make up in your mind, you got to, amen, you're on your final destination. You're on your way out of here. And if you don't, Go back with Jesus. You are on your way to hell, and that fire will never be quenched. I will pick this up another night. If the Lord delay his coming, God bless you. Thank you for listening to me. Uh-oh.